Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Is there a balance, though, between, hey, we need you to throw the ball deep no matter what. Just take a shot. Don't, don't overthink it. Take a shot. We need to see it. We're going to call it. And, and we need you to get some confidence in doing this as opposed to even giving a young quarterback the chance to say, hey, just check it down if, if, if it's not there. I, I don't really understand what you're saying because we would never like I'm like my skin is curling when you say just drop back and chuck it deep no matter what like like that is like I, I don't even know what you're I don't know what you're saying it's like you're speaking like from Mars just send the guy in a post pattern take the shot throw it no matter it. what give your receiver a chance to make a play on a ball uh, even if he might be covered 30 yards down the field Maybe you think he'll be open 45 yards down the field and, and like Godwin did or with Jahan or KJ. We, you, we've you ne- we, like, like, I still don't, like, you're speaking Japanese. Like, like we, we have never done that. Just throw the ball up and maybe he'll be open and maybe he'll catch. Like, my skin is like, like, my, I'm, my, I'm, like you're making me uncomfortable. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Wow. Um, I think that that is the wrong way to answer that question. I know exactly what he's talking about. I know exactly how he feels about it. But I don't know that that's the right way to do it. Uh, that may be something that I would say, but I'm not the head coach of a of a top 10 football team, you know? It, don't you think that's kind of a bad way to respond? Um, I don't. I mean, I, I thought it was great uh, so we can play it on the show today. But, <laughs> well, um, yes, but the audio is nice. Y- yeah, I, I mean, th- there's a simpler way to just bat down that and say, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll look into that as it. Like, there's definitely a coach-speak response to that rather yeah. than, you are an idiot. You are making my skin crawl with that. Please well, you go could away. just say like, "Well, you know, we we don't do that. You know, we we'll, we call deep shots, but you know, we don't just coach to let it fly, no matter what look you get. I mean, you've got to know where the defensive players are. You got to know where the the middle safety is, and you know, is your is your receiver in a good phase to go make a play on it and yeah, we'll ask a guy to go up and make a 50-50 play sometimes if we have highlighted that matchup throughout the week leading up to it. I mean, you can answer it that way instead of saying, God, you're an idiot, you know? but It was the nicest way to say exactly what you said, by the way, making my skin crawl here. 918, right. sounds like that reporter just got done with the backyard football game with his neighborhood friends. Chuck it deep no matter what. But it is... That was good James Franklin. Know. James Franklin, Penn State head coach, is who was speaking, by the way. Yeah. It's good to know that every every football team in the country, the media that covers them, there's there's the same type of question that gets thrown out there. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's comforting to know that that 
happens everywhere. It's comforting to know that it also comes when Penn State's a 5-0 and football team, <laughs> top eight team in the country, and by all accounts has played really good football up to this point. Hammered yeah. West Virginia, shut out Iowa, which I don't know how, that's, how hard that is to do. Uh, one convincingly at Northwestern a couple weeks ago. Like Penn State's looked pretty good up to this point, and you still get that. That makes me happy. Oh, man. Iowa somehow catching some strays off of uh, James Sorry. Franklin. No, it's true. Like If you shut out Iowa, that should count as you gave up 17 points or something, right? Well, well like you and the text line, the grades that we were doing, the, the midterm grades – Oh, you could shut out Iowa, and you guys would say, well, how about that first down when Iowa got two yards on that play? That was a C-plus performance by the OU defense. Two yards on first down. If they hadn't overthrown that receiver, they would have made it to the 50-yard line. (laughs) Yeah, the one pass that they threw all night long would have been a touchdown. Yeah, well, uh, the best part of the audio is how the reporter doubles and then triples down on the question whenever – he clearly could have read the room and backed out of it with something else, <laughs> you know? Sark's Vodka says, uh, feels like every coach gets asked a question that sends them over. Interested to see who and when that happens with BV, LOL. The closest thing I can remember this year, and I think OU Insider put it out on their Twitter page maybe last week, it was you can't recreate pressure moments. Did you see his response to that? Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. You can make it to where every third down in practice has, you know, you you make it the biggest third down. It's along those lines. He got pretty fired up with that response. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, see, and I don't know that that's that's not really a bad question because that's that's like the old phrase, you can't. You can never replicate live game situations, right? You know, that's that's like a common phrase that everyone throws out there. And, I mean, you can or you can get as close as as, as possible, I guess, is, um, is Venable's point on that. But they happen. I just thought that that was uh, – like he could have let it down a little softer than that, but – Maybe he's been asking that question for six consecutive weeks. Maybe that's what's right. been going on. Nine one eight. Thanks for clarifying who that was. I thought it was Tyler interviewing Les Miles. That's funny. That's good. The next time, but Les Miles would have fallen asleep halfway through if, his answer. If Penn State ever throws an interception on a deep ball, that same reporter needs to go. Did you just tell him to just let it fly? Like right, no matter what, just just let it go. I think James Franklin is going to point at the press box like Matt Campbell in the Big 12 championship game. (laughs) That's what he'll do. Um, Cherokee Sooner says, if we wouldn't have intercepted that pass, it would have been a three-yard gain. Makes me sick. Talking about an OU-Iowa game. Doug Miles says, that was a reporter. I assumed it was one of those old-school weekly radio call-in shows from Red Lobster. Yeah, I don't think it's funny. It went from everyone does call-in radio shows, head coaches in college football, to where nobody does them now except for Nick Saban. Yep. How weird is that? Well, it, it is It is weird, definitely weird. Um, 
But I guess he said something that created some headlines last night on the future SEC scheduling. So here's what happened. The SEC has yet to officially decide between an eight-game schedule or a nine-game schedule for 25 and beyond. We've heard that. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, Saban on his radio show last night spoke solely about the eight-game model, saying, quotes, the way we're going to do our seven-team rotation, one team fixed, I think you're going to play everybody every four years, so almost every guy at your school is going to play every team in the conference, which I think is great as well, end quote. So people are looking at that quote from Saban last night and saying, well, by God, he knows. 25 and beyond, it's still going to be an eight-game schedule and not a nine-game schedule. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I I have a feeling that that's probably going to be the case. Um, could be wrong about that, but and I know they're leaving it open for whatever reason, I guess to to try it out. But they're going to have to make the decision on 25 before they like, get the results of 24, aren't they? <laughs> I know? feel like so. uh, they are going to feel out the first two years of the 12-team playoff with an yeah. eight-game schedule and then adapt after that. And I think that they're probably going to find that, yeah, it is indeed easier for the SEC to have multiple teams in a 12-team playoff with an eight-game schedule than it is a nine-game schedule, most likely. Yeah. You think that's the you think that's true? And uh, hang on, let me say this. Do you think that's true and do you think that is what the ultimate goal is? I think yes on but I I I think the ultimate goal is let's find the best system to maximize our potential in the college football playoff. I do think that that's what the main goal is here. Ah. Oh. I, I agree I, with you. And, and maybe it should be I to maximize is, TV revenue. I, I wish they would maximize my season ticket package that I'm about to pay a whole lot more money for, most likely. But well, I, I think it's probably about the playoff. I think you're right. And I think, I think those things are, are linked. You know, if you're constantly putting multiple teams into the playoff, like the TV money is going to continue to be there for sure. I personally just think that is a awful way to run a conference. Um, I I don't know, but you know how they're just they're justifying it by with what Saban just said is well, you still get to go if a kid plays four years, he'll still get to play everywhere in the conference at the end of his four years. That's how they're justifying it. No, I know, I know, and. I, I, I'm I'm not even necessarily saying that I think the 18 conference schedule is bad. I really don't. But we know what's going to happen. There's not going to be the need anymore for your high-level non-conference games, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Honestly. Sure. And I know they've. I know some have been scheduled already, but. Those are gonna those are gonna dissipate. Those are gonna go away. Right. There was I this push not. where you you had to have some big ones like that because if it came down to a couple of one loss teams, like you, who you played matters. And 
now I guess we've we've scrapped that in order to get multiple teams into the playoff, which is so stupid. I, you shouldn't try to legislate your way into having two teams in the playoff. You've got a bunch of really good football teams. They probably don't need any help getting into the playoffs. The SEC if they're that definitely good, won't. They're going to be yeah, that good. the the SEC I think at a minimum would get two teams in a twelve team playoff. Well, one automatic and then another at large every single year for sure. Yeah, I, you I agree. You would think. You would think. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe not, but you would think that that would happen. But you know, if everyone's going to have way more difficult schedules, what? What on a typical year ends up being a one-loss team is now maybe going to end up being a two-loss team. But, you know, I don't know. Can I it offer just... you one overwhelming, posi- overwhelmingly positive thing about sure. the uh, eight-game versus nine-game schedule as it pertains to OU football? Um, yeah. Nine-game schedule is six rotating, three permanent. The eight is seven rotating, one permanent. Eight-game schedule, you wouldn't have to play Missouri every single year. And that that's good enough for me. Yeah, that's true because they were going to try and uh, give us some some crap and try and, hey, why don't you guys develop a, um, a, Thanksgiving a rivalry, rivalry game? Arkansas and Missouri? Ugh. Yeah, no thanks. Which, I don't know, we might be two or three years into this thing begging for <laughs> Missouri and Arkansas and A&M to be our rotational games, you know? Oh, yeah. Or not rotational, but our locked-in games. I hope not, but, yeah, maybe, boy. <laughs> All right, quick timeout. Keep the text coming, 651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer text line. Hanging out at Riverwind Casino today. Remember, on Friday nights in October, uh, cardholders are going to earn entries now through October 27th. Earn five points on your card in one entry into drawings every Friday, and uh, from seven to ten or seven to eleven thirty, up to five hundred in cash, and then one thousand in bonus play. Stay tuned. The home of Sooner fans, home for Sooner recruiting coverage, home of your Sooner game day voices, home of the best pre and post game coverage. Join the movement. Download the free KRF app now to listen anywhere, anytime. We are where diehard Sooner fans listen. The Showplace Theater is the best place for live music. And with some of the best acts around. Like Carly Pierce, October 14th. Rodney Carrington, October 27th. Flatland Cavalry, November 10th. Looking to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. We see Football Friday on the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. No OU game this weekend, but uh, we already have a score prediction in on the text line for the OU-UCF game. Uh, Softball Steve, what do you got? Softball Steve has uh, OU 49, UCF 17. Way too early score prediction. I don't hate that. Don't hate that score at all. 
49-17. I guess we'll see if that's a cover or not come next week. A 32-point huh. win over the – surely that would be a cover. I don't think it's going to be get that aggressive with the number next no. week. Uh, it is time for our Under the Radar segment brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. Boyd Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising under-the-radar shooter startups. Learn how you can help support OU Innovation at BoydStreetVentures.com. So you guys know the drill. Normally we do an under-the-radar player for Saturday's game. We don't have Saturday's game. So you can do one of a couple of things. One, under-the-radar player through the first six games. Or you can do what I'm about to do, an under-the-radar moment that we've seen through the first Ooh. six games. And my under-the-radar moment so far this year is not coming from last week's OU-Texas game. It's from the OU-Cincinnati game. And a moment that really stuck out to me to show me that things really are different defensively. Late in the game, OU's got a lead. It's a fourth and seven. OU gets the stop on fourth and seven, but there's an offsides call. It's now fourth and two. Danny Stutzman chases down Emory Jones. If I remember, that's what happened on that play. Anyway, OU gets a stop on the fourth and two after the offsides penalty. They get the ball back and eventually win the game. That was a very under-the-radar moment, but a very impressive moment for me through the first six games. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That was was big time. That was big time. Uh, I'll give you an under-the-radar from the Texas game. The deep ball they tried down the Texas sideline that Woody Washington was perfectly in uh, in phase and defended without getting a pass interference call that the Texas fans, of course, wanted. But, um, you know, with all of the things that have happened, we've talked about Woody Washington a, a lot of times um, this season. He's just kind of gone unnoticed because people haven't tested him a whole lot. Well, they tested him there late in the game, and he stepped up and made a great play. I remember Texas. I feel like most of Texas' big plays on offense were deep balls to A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy in that game. I know Xavier Worthy caught at least one long touchdown pass. I mean, they didn't get much. I mean, Other than some intermediate stuff, they didn't get really anything down the field, did they? With with deep balls? Yeah. Just just those pop passes that were – that we left open because of play-action stuff. And I know they gave scheme. up a couple of to, to uh, Iowa State, but coverage on the deep ball hasn't been just better. It's been, like, really good through six games. Really good. Yeah. Well, you know, that's one of the things that is the most refreshing about this team is th- they're not perfect, but they're so much better at the things that we've – just struggled miserable miserably with over like honestly nearly a decade yep tackling uh like the short throws being able to rally up and challenge at the line of scrimmage uh you know giving up deep balls like there's so much better at just those things alone like are we to the point of elite level defense no we're not there yet but just being able to do some of those things that are uh, you have to do to play good defense, like, really changes the game for you. One uh, one more under-the-radar moment for me is uh, Texas with the burnt orange smoke and blowing it all in their fans' faces before kickoff. 
Yeah, what was going on? Is that was that a new thing? They I've never seen that. That was my twentieth OU Texas game, and I've never seen that at the Cotton Bowl. I'm guessing they do that okay. at home games, which I hope that every every home game they're blowing that orange smoke all, all on their face. That that was just classic, classic Texas. Yeah. There, that's amazing. I love that so much. Yeah, that, I I saw it and I was like, because people everyone was laughing at it, and I was like, is that is that something that happens every year or? Yeah, not 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 at the Cotton Bowl. I haven't seen that before. Yeah. Empire Will says, uh, for an under-the-radar moment, going back to last week, DG fielding that terrible snap and throwing it away. Oh, yeah. Could have been a disaster. Huge. Huge play by him. And he made another play on a bad snap that he jumped up and just snagged with one hand out of the air. That was that could have been a disaster as well. 580, the end of the radar player for me is Kendall Dolby. He is way better than I thought huh. he would be. He's had a couple of takeaways so far. Sure has. Sure has. Uh, 918, the other thing we're better at, defending running quarterbacks. Yeah. Well... We, we did way better against Emory Jones. They didn't try it a whole lot. Um, I think they ran option on us once and we shut it down. Um, I mean, that that's better right away whenever people aren't just trying to do it to you nonstop. And we've done a, we've done a better job than we did last year at containing, uh, even if it's not like what you would consider to be a dual threat quarterback, most guys can pull it down and, and give you some pain. Our lanes have been so much better. That just hasn't happened nearly as much this year. But we're going to face some guys that can make you pay down the stretch, and we got to continue to be good. Obviously, Kansas, whether it's Bean or Daniels, uh, UCF, whether Plumlee plays or uh, the other kid, both really athletic. So we'll see some guys down the stretch here that are still Chandler Morse can run it. The Garrett Green kid for West Virginia is athletic. So you're going to have to continue to be good in that regard. One more under-the-radar moment for me, and the uh, the smoke on the Texas end made me think of this. Another thing that happened this year at OU Texas that I'd never seen before, OU threw the football out of the stadium <laughs> once uh, after yeah. Texas kicked the PAT. And, yeah. uh, and another reason it's just different around here is a lot of home games, that has been the highlight where the other team's scoring five times in the north end zone. And there's plenty of opportunities to throw the ball out of the stadium. Not many balls have been thrown out of the stadium. Only one was thrown out of the Cotton Bowl, and about three or four all season so far at OU home games. It's it's I, I love that moment, but it's been nice not seeing it very often. Yeah, you know what's interesting about that is if you don't routinely go to OU home games. You have no idea what the hell's happening with that. Like, what's going on? What are they right cheering now? for? What's going on? They just let up a score. Because I know they don't show that on TV. There's no way, right? No, uh uh-uh. uh. They need to, though. They need right. to. Uh, Camo Sooner, under the radar moment, the Nick Anderson touchdown pass at Tulsa, where he shook three or four tackles. That's the play that let us know that Nick yeah. had arrived. Yeah, I like that, too. Yeah, I uh, agree. 9 1 8, under the radar moment, Jacob Lacey sack on Texas last drive. Woo! We talked about that I don't this think week. That one wasn't under the radar, but they might run uh, down the clock. Great. And, yeah, they might run it down and kick it with three seconds left if that doesn't happen. Yes, that's right. 
Huge play. Huge. John from Bartlesville says, Tyler, good call on that fourth and two. I'll mail you the check there, John. This defense will not coexist with garbage points for teams you can't win. Lock down all the way. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, I think that they can still hit another gear defensively. Um, I think we've got some young guys that are, that continue to come on. Uh, uh, Jacob Lacey is, you know, he played a good game. It wasn't just that one play. He played quite a bit, and he's playing more. Um, obviously, P.J. continues to, to get better and better. Uh, Ethan Downs, he ain't played like that all year. Nope. So if he starts if he starts showing up like that, um, that could be huge, huge for this team. You'll like this one from the four hundred five. Doctor Sooner says, under the radar, six and zero on the coin toss this year. Ah uh, no! Now see, whenever they flipped the coin against Texas, I was like, I don't even know why we're playing the football game. This is about to decide the whole thing right here. <laughs> All nervous about the coin toss all of a sudden. Never have, uh, never even noticed it uh, before in my life. Now all of a sudden you win six straight, and you start tying all of your success to it. Living right, six and zero on the coin toss, six and zero against the spread. Not yeah. getting up from the table, man. It's they're they're hot right now. Three one six. Texas blows smoke up the national media's ass every year. Now they were blowing it in their fans' faces. <laughs> Oh, that's fine. I'm just trying to read as many as possible here through uh, next, like, 90 seconds. Under the radar was the blocking two Longhorns on the touchdown pass. Shout out to uh, Walter Rouse yeah. on that one. Uh, Pastor Andy and Broken Arrow, under the radar play, just before they kicked the field goal, when the entire defense exerted discipline and did not jump off sides. They get a penalty there, and the game is over. Yep. That was big. Uh, Doug and Mustang, under the radar moment, teams don't automatically go for it on us on fourth down. Curious how many times it's happened this year versus last. Well, I, I remember a fourth and one or a fourth and two, Baylor goes for it on their own, like, 27-yard line last year. That doesn't happen this season. Yeah. Yes, that is true. Laney, California, sure. OU-Cincinnati game, Marcus Major's clutch run on third and 19 to get the first down. It was out of the hostile student section's end zone. Big play at the time. Yep. Yep. Um, Would you label it as hostile? Cincinnati student section during that game? I wasn't there, and I would label it hostile. Yes. I was impressed with how they showed up. There was a bunch there. Yep. Yep. I agree. Was that a trip, by the way, that was – what was the reaction? Was it, oh, yeah, that was, that was cool. I'm glad I came here. I, we don't come back here ever again, whatever. But for a one-off, that was pretty awesome. Or is it, eh, I wouldn't mind going back there at least one more time. Yep. Uh, you know what? Downtown Cincinnati was way nicer than I thought. I wouldn't mind going back there. And the, the – I, I can't imagine what that place is going to look like in a couple of weeks, and maybe it's already happening now, um, because it's like you're the Ohio River runs through there, and it's just kind of like valley around it, I, and it's all trees and hills. I bet, like whenever the leaves turn, it's beautiful there. 
Yeah, especially when the Bengals come all the way back and win the AFC North. It'll be, That's it'll right. be really beautiful. That's that your under the, right. That's your under the radar. They're the long shot odds right now to win the division. Just a betting tip to anyone who believes in Burrow that they're going to come back and win, win that division. Boy Street I Ventures. believe. Boy Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising under-the-radar Sooner startups. Learn how you can help support OU Innovation at BoydStreetVentures.com. Good stuff, text line. Nice job. Very nice. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Ref Army, you helped make Beat Texas Week 2023 unforgettable. From our live broadcast on our way to Dallas. Welcome back to Dallas. We're at the Omni Dallas, loaded with Sooner fans. We're from therapy to go. It's what caught Teddy's eye, brought to you by Yalagazni Law on this OEC Football Friday. Think that hiring a lawyer will get you less for your injury claim? Yalagazni Law Firm fights hard to get you everything you deserve. Call or text for a free, no obligation consultation. That's Yala Gosney Law, 405-800-8080. 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Uh, let's start here. Um, what's going on with Jerry Judy right now in Denver? He, uh, uh, well, Steve Smith is, I think, right on with everything that he's saying. Yeah. Um, Which is amazing, by the way. He got a little bit of little bit of tood going on right now steve smith i thought that that whole exchange there was was really interesting i, I kind of like how how he handled that um mark schlereth kind of said some bad things about jerry judy as well like that whole place is in shocking disarray right now if it feels like sean payton's trying to absolutely tear the entire thing down and clear some contracts and rebuild it. That Randy Gregory contract that they gave him was a joke. Never should have happened in the first place. Uh, the amount of money he got. Him. I don't even think it was the amount of money per sack. I think it was the amount of money per tackle. It be, makes it even look more like a joke. Multi-million dollars. Yeah. It, horrible contract. Russell Wilson is is paid way too much. I think Sean Payton's trying to make him absolutely hate that place to where he wants to ask for a trade or it something. It really does feel like Sean Payton took over a once-proud college football program that is trying to gut it and build it back up. Yeah. It's what it feels like. Which begs the question, what quarterback would he like to take in the draft? Well, I know which the Williams one. kid? I know which one he'd like to take. The problem is, try as he might – the Carolina Panthers still might be worse than the Denver Broncos or at least finish with the worst record. And I believe their pick goes to the Chicago Bears. So it could be the Bears uh, in the good spot in next year's draft. Uh, okay. Um, now, you mentioned some of the offensive stats or some of the stats just in general for Oklahoma. If you weren't going to go through those, I was going to pick a couple that stood out to me. Um, Great minds think alike. Yeah, because I had like 15 stats, and I was going to ask you to pick the most impressive one, but this is a much easier way to do that. Well, um, they're number one in total offense, uh, or excuse me, Dylan Gabriel's number one 
in total offense in the conference. He's averaging 347 yards of total offense a game. The next closest is 302. Um, total touchdowns for Dylan Gabriel's 21. Next closest, 16. Um, we are. Uh, he is averaging 313 a game passing. That's number one. The completion percentage, number one, 72. Next closest is 69. Thought this was interesting. Number one in the conference receiving touchdowns, Nick Anderson yep. with six. Next closest is four. Um, we have the number one scoring offense and the number one scoring defense in the conference. Uh, offensively, it ain't close. 45, uh, next closest is 36. And defense, giving up just 14 points a game. 16.5 is the next closest. So uh, we got the Big 12 leader in tackles, in Stutzman. Uh, Gentry Williams is tied for second place with three interceptions in the conference. Uh, we've got a, a Stutzman, I think, right now, is he was he either leading or second place in tackles for loss in the conference. He was number one for backers for sure. But team's got a, a a bunch of good statistics going on right now. They weren't number one in this, but they played more games than some teams in the league, and they played some good defensive lines here the past three games. Just five sacks against second fewest in the Big 12. I like that yeah. one too. Yeah, very good. Very, very good stuff. Now, we talked about this a little bit uh, yesterday, but I expect – some of their offensive numbers to start getting a little bit better. Um, Run game, sure. With some should. of the, yeah, with some of the teams that they're about to play, um, I think they'll put up huge numbers against UCF. Um, I think that they'll put up big numbers against Kansas running the football. So, I think, you know, some of our our areas of struggle have a chance if you know they handle business to start looking a little bit better. Uh, is that your last one? Yeah. Okay, so Big 12 men's basketball preseason poll was released today. Cheating Kansas uh, picked to win the league. Shocker. Houston at huh. two. Texas at three. Baylor at four. TCU at five. OU all the way back at 12 in the 14-team league in front of just BYU at 13 and UCF at 14. Oklahoma State picked to finish 10th. So over, under, Dead on balls accurate where OU finishes. Pick to finish 12th. Where do they finish this year in the conference? Oh, gosh. 10th. Okay. All right. So they're here to move up a couple of spots. Good deal. It's going to be. That'll put, them right, brutal, that'll put them right on the bubble if they finish at 10. Right on the yeah, bubble. Yeah, they'll finish 10 they'll in the conference this year and they'll be a 7 seed. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, coming up on Sunday, another big game for Baker Mayfield. They've yeah. got the red-hot Detroit Lions at home. Baker 3-1 and one on college game day last weekend. The Detroit Lions, I think, have the respect of everyone in the NFL. Baker plays well against that defense and against that Detroit Lions team. He's already slowly starting to get some respect a little bit more around the league. This would be a big, big win for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Big win. Yeah. Detroit's got a really good defense. Really good, especially against the run. But that's going to make it hard on, on Baker if they can't get anything going in the ground game. What's the story on Mike Evans? Is he going to play? He had that hamstring. Ooh, I don't know the answer to that. I'm guessing at the line's three, I'm guessing that he probably is, but I cannot confirm his injury status at this time. Mm, that's a that's a big uh, – 
That's a big one to watch in that game. K or KU. CU and Stanford tonight, college football. Yeah. Sounds like Travis Hunter is going to be back. It's the biggest game Good. of the night. There's no NFL. There's no Major League Baseball playoffs. We've seen some crazy ratings numbers this year for the Colorado games. Is this game against Stanford going to draw similar numbers as to what we've seen, or is it slowly starting to wear off a little bit? They're shine. Well, it's it's not going to draw – what was that last game on a Friday night, or was it Saturday night that it had like nine million people watching? The Colorado State game. That was a late Saturday yeah. night game. Um, I don't, I don't think you're going to get numbers like that. But for who were probably last and dead last in the conference last year, Stanford and Colorado, it's going to do some nice numbers. Oh, I'll yeah. be watching it. Yeah, I I, I, I will too. Um, Colorado wins; they move to five and two, and oh, buddy, they'll be ranked inside the top twenty-five once again next week. Last one I have: USC and Notre Dame this weekend. Yeah, God, it's not often where I root hard for Notre Dame to win a football game, but Saturday night is one of those times. USC's been made fun of because they're using a water hose in their punt return drills. Supposed to be I saw uh, that. really. Tough weather conditions in South Bend tomorrow night. But what do you think about the water hose drill or the uh, water hose that they've been using in practice this week out at SC? It's a good idea. At first, I thought it had bug spray in it and uh, he was trying to kill his punt returner. But uh, I think it's I think that's actually if it's if there's going to be rain, I think that's a good a good drill to to uh, to do because you're looking up into the rain it can't be easy. And whatever way you can replicate that to try and practice it, I think is a, is a good idea. So even though it looks ridiculous, I think it's actually pretty good. I'm uh, really nervous going into tomorrow night's game. Um, I think most people, I don't know what the spread says or where the money's at. I think a lot of just analysts are picking Notre Dame to win this game and maybe easy, the, but I think I just, it's three, Notre Dame minus three. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just don't think it's going to be that easy. Unfortunately. That Notre Dame just going to roll the ball out and win by seventeen. I hope that happens, but uh. I'm I'm, and I think we maybe talked about this yesterday or or Tuesday. I think USC wins the game. God, I mean, when is it going to be? It's going to be terrible. I just it's one of those things where everyone is. I, I think the uh, the fun factor with USC is like totally worn off, and. You know, obviously the talks about their defense and everything else. Like, I think there's some USC fatigue, and you know how that works. Everyone in the world's going to pick them to go get beat by Notre Dame, and they're going to win that game. Yeah, he's going to be all smug in his post game press conference doing the victory lap. But I tried to tell you we were close. I tried to tell you they'll give up 45 points and still win. And yeah. <laughs> Come on, Notre Dame, one time, man. I'm putting Marcus Freeman on the hot seat if he doesn't win tomorrow night. Two years in a row if he loses these guys. Come on. Dang. You th- but honestly, I know you're halfway joking with that, but you mentioned no, it not. earlier in the week. I'm not yeah. joking at all. Aren't they any recruiting really well? Yeah, I think they – did they finish top five last year? They finished top ten, and I think he's number five on rivals. Like It's funny you bring that up because I had that same thought. It, this is their third loss this year if they lose tomorrow night. 
Um, but the recruiting's been so good. Like I don't think the recruiting alone could save him. He needs to start winning big games, but it'll be interesting how they view him going into year three if he's got four losses at the end of the year. Yeah. It looked like early on, like, hey, they're going to have an offense to go with what's usually been a good defense for him, and they've kind of both fallen apart a little bit here. We'll see. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up our number two next. Stay this tuned. is the Ref Sports Radio Network. When it comes to operating your business, time is money. And the last thing you need is something else to take up your time, like managing cash flow or making and collecting. So get on board and stand up to cancer with us. To learn more about how you can support this groundbreaking effort and get advantage miles, Go to standuptocancer.org slash American Airlines. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you the sour of the rush on a football Friday, OEC football Friday. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Good question by Blue Whale Sooner on the text line. It says, would you guys prefer A, every L mule shoe can absorb, or B, Oklahoma dominating him in the college football playoff. And I say, without a doubt, B, dominating him in the college football playoff. Would uh, Muleshoe losing to, I don't know, Stanford be awesome? Or Indiana in the Big Ten be awesome? Yeah, it'd be funny. But dominating him in the college football playoff, that's the ultimate middle finger. That's the ultimate win. Yeah. And then you're in the national championship game if you do that. So that's... I would... I agree. I would prefer. I would prefer that. Um, you know, I, I. I still know guys on that staff. I don't want them to get fired. I don't want. I, in, I know the whole story, and I know how everyone feels about it, and all of that's fine. But I, if we had the matchup, I would. I, I would prefer to just to beat them on the field for that to be. Yeah. The ultimate payback or whatever. Which at, at the end of the day, uh, here's the thing. Is there anyone right now that doesn't feel like we're better off? Is there anyone left? I know there was a bunch of people along ask, the way. Ask the text and a bunch line. of people last year. I, I mean, I, I'm ready to speak for everyone. I think everyone recognizes what you're talking about. But if anyone on the text line disagrees, I guess let us know. I don't think there's yeah, anyone out there. I, just like from the beginning, I am glad it happened because – We've had an opportunity to fundamentally change our program in a way that we desperately needed, and uh, it's all been for the better. I know it's a lot—it's turned into like a fun thing, and I and I get it. Um, but to me, it it was a blessing in disguise, or as I felt, a blessing like right out in the open. Yeah, especially with the move that you're about to make. Definitely feel a lot better than that. But back to Lincoln, he, uh, I don't know if you saw that L.A. Times piece earlier this week. I don't know. I don't know what this means or if he's trying to throw a hint, but it was after the loss of a couple of his mentors, Mike Leach included. He's mulled early retirement, and he's noted that NFL coaches have better schedules. Yeah. I don't know if he's trying to soften the blow a little bit here for an NFL move or 
just trying to be like, oh, my job's so tough, I work long hours, and trying to get sympathy out of it, but I feel like everything's calculated with him, that he says like that to the media. I don't know, well, I found it interesting. That Everything is calculated typically with him, and early retirement would kind of shock me a little bit, but it wouldn't shock me if he made a move to the NFL. Not at all. All right, quick timeout. we got the final hour of the rush coming up next. Stay with us.